Welcome to Pros and Cons, a show about random topics. I'm Kev. And I'm Jack. Let's talk about the Yankees. Yeah, you know, we did a little check-in earlier in the season, end of May. Now it's three months later, getting closer to the playoffs, a little over a month out from that. But we've passed the all-star break, we've passed the trade deadline, and last time I feel like we were feeling pretty good about the Yankees overall. For a while, fan base was on just a crazy high from a historic pace so far, and then it's just kind of gone to shit over the past couple months. We'll kind of round up the season too. This will probably be the last time we talk about the Yankees and baseball probably until playoffs or after the playoffs, so how we left it off before. Yankees were on a historic run. We were expecting to possibly even beat like a season record. Yeah, it's know? like we're projected for 115 wins. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, the Yankees started, everything was clicking. And since the All-Star break, I want to say, maybe he started a little bit before, they have gone on a historically bad slump. The lucky thing for us Yankee fans and for the Yankees is that they had such a big lead on that first month or two that we're still in first place. We're still at this point, I forget, seven, eight games up in the division. However, it is one of those where, like, we all have red flags. We're all kind of panicking. It's not all fun and games anymore. I mean, where do we start? we start with injuries? Do we start with slumps? We could start anywhere. Well, we had the All-Star break where we saw several Yankees voted and brought in as All-Stars. We even saw Nestor pitching to Trevino in the game itself, and they were mic'd up, which was cool. And at that point, you know... It's kind of the halfway mark of the season symbolically and even though the Yankees struggled a little bit going into the break we're still feeling good overall which for people who don't know the all-star game stuff is mid-July so in the couple weeks after that was not looking good but we had the trade deadline coming up in early August and there was a lot of talk about who are the Yankees going to get to supplement the roster and how can we improve just kind of all around to make this a World Series team because, as is always the case with the Yankees, but even more so this year with how they started, it's when the World Series are bust. So they had to do something, and they kind of did. I mean, they filled, like, the kind of main slots that you expected, but it also wasn't, you know, the San Diego Padres who went and got Juan Soto and Brandon Jury and Josh Bell and Josh Hader and etc and you know we'll see how some of those pan out not really Soto but like haters not doing great so far and stuff but the Yankees trade deadline stuff was kind of standard like they got Frankie Montas who is like the number two pitcher arguably on the market at least that was really out there you could say Rodon or someone would be above him but they weren't necessarily going to get traded anyway and Yankees didn't want to overpay for someone like Luis Castillo, which maybe is valid depending how you look at prospects and all that stuff. But they got Montas, who I wasn't over the moon about, but you also couldn't be mad at it because it was one of the best options out there. They got like Benintendi for the outfield. Thank God they traded Gallo, who was just abysmal in New York and of course is hitting great for the Dodgers now. No surprise. He just was not a fit here. And Benintendi has been off to a pretty slow start, 
but not too worried about him. And as part of the Montas deal, they also got Lou Trevino, reliever, who, you know, the Trevino to Trevino battery, quote-unquote, of pitcher to catcher is like a fun idea, but he's been whatever. They also got another reliever, Scott Efros from the Cubs, who's a rookie with a bunch of years of control, who has been looking pretty good, although he just went to the IL the day we're recording this, so he'll be out for a bit. The weirdest one of all was trading Jordan Montgomery, aka Monty, aka Gumby, over to the Cardinals for Harrison Bader, who I like him as a player. I think he's a good fielder and decent hitter, but to give up that pitching depth, especially at that point, making Herman, who had looked terrible, your number five, which is like, okay. Um, it's kind of weird. And there were rumors of like a Pablo Lopez trade that was going to happen at the last minute that got pulled and all this other stuff. So it was kind of a weird deadline, but what'd you think about it? Yeah, it was a little weird. They did address the problems that needed to be addressed with the fielding and covering the positions that needed help. However, they kind of went about it in a weird, like, stubborn way. Like, oh, I'm Cashman. <laughs> I'm going to do this how I want. Juan Soto? Nah, we're not doing that. <laughs> Benintendi would do. <laughs> he hits the ball. We need a pitcher? Castillo? Nah. Yo, he even has dreadlocks. Like, he's not going to cut him. Let's go for Montas. And it's one of those, like, okay, <laughs> like, we need a lot of help. I don't know if you're seeing this. Things are breaking down. And I know at the time, at least... We were kind of doing bad, but it wasn't that bad, bad, red flags, warning, warning, like things are going south drastically. It wasn't like that yet, so I understand, but we got the B and C names, you know. We yeah, exactly. Got the A's. Benintendi, actually like him as a player, saw him a lot as a Boston Red Sox, and he used to kind of kill the Yankees, not with like home runs or anything, but he was always on base. He was always making the plays, and even this season, he was batting over 300 when we got him. And, yeah, I was not mad at that. Montas, shout out to the homie. I have him in my fantasy, like, baseball <laughs> league. This weird connection makes you, like, want him. Like, oh, yeah, put him to the Yankees. I have him. He'll do great. You know, things will change. <laughs> Hasn't looked the best in the couple <laughs> starts he's gotten. The other hand, Luis Castillo has been killing it for Seattle. Efros, which you mentioned, weird throwing motion pitcher, went to the IL. Triggy, hopefully he gets back because we need all the help we can get. Harrison Bader, you know, again, we're kind of like trying to infuse and talk about multiple things and players and positions, but Aaron Hicks, our quote-unquote center fielder, has been looking so bad. I know we kind of talked off the air about watching games and whether you've been watching or not. I watched one of the games two or three days ago. This guy looks lost even catching fly balls out there. It's so bad. I'm not saying that the Harrison Bader trade made sense because the dude is injured. So you kind of address the problem. But with that said, Harrison Bader, please, just no steroids, please. We'll get into <laughs> that. Maybe we'll mention it. Get you back on the field because we need you out there. We have like way too many easy outs on the lineup. But the others, Lutravino has been okay. I saw some stat. I don't know if last night or two nights ago where like he's only allowed like one run and stuff like that, which is good. We need. All the pitching help we could get, especially out of the bullpen. Clay Holmes was looking like a... Not that his pitches looked like Mariano, but he was looking as dominant as Mariano. Early on in the season, kind of lost it. Phantom IL, we all think it's kind of like a 
or some Yankee fans think, I don't know about you, I haven't asked you, but think it's like a fake IL stint? Of course it is. Do you see his press conference? Like, he was like, <laughs> you could tell he was just like, yeah, my back hurts, uh, so I'm taking a little break here. What part of your back? You know, like the whole thing, you know? like it's just a little stiff. <laughs> it's like, bro, you're not serious. Like, you don't actually feel hurt, but... It happens. It's nothing new in the sport. You know, it's like a an extended leave of health. Like, yo, go get better. Go rest up. I mean, we might as well have the whole team do that at this point, besides maybe Judge, but... <laughs> yeah, except for, like, three players. But, yeah, we need we need all the help. I mean, shout out to Michael King, who was also doing his thing. Man, that was, like, the most devastating injury of the season, I think. That one hurt. I like the guy. Dude was killing it. Coming up in clutch moments and, like, fucking doing his thing and gets injured season ending and possibly more get well soon michael but that one hurt but it's one of those where like our strength at the beginning of the season which was like pitching and everyone was killing it and nestor you know cy young type numbers to begin with everything went down but shout out to monty too i did like him and even with monty too like he was pitching fine for us this year i mean he'd regressed a little bit but still was doing decent overall He's literally never gotten run support from this team, so I think he was frustrated with that also. But he's been doing amazing for the Cardinals so far, and it's just another one of those things like, since the trade deadline, Monty has won three games, the Yankees have won three games, and it's just all these different stats that are kind of rubbing your face in it. Yeah, it's annoying. There's one with Gallo too. Yeah, yeah. I saw the other day. I don't know what it is now, but... It was like since the Gallo trade, the Yankees are three and twelve, and the Dodgers are twelve and three. Right. Literally like flips, <laughs> and it's like, oh my god, it's crazy how like the world works that way. I was instantly tired of the narrative around like, oh, Yankees fans treated him so bad. Like people were rooting for him so hard, even when like we were out on him and other people. There were others like, come on, Gallo, you can do it. And then he's in the press saying, like, oh, yeah, I was scared to leave my apartment and blah, blah, blah. Like, dude, like, people would have still embraced you on the street. and Bro, you're a spassy, bro. <laughs> Don't be scared. You're 6'6", 250. Like, <laughs> I know you're not worried about that. But from his point of view, he was the biggest hated player of all time. People, I don't think, understand who didn't watch his at-bats just how demoralizing they were. And just every time you expected a strikeout, basically, like you expected the worst. And like you said, I don't dislike him as a person, but as a player, he was just unwatchable, just terrible for the Yankees. Yeah, doozy. And it sucks because for a good period of time, the Yankees kept him like in the middle of the lineup and he just was not making it happen. And then it got sad when they were throwing him at like eight and nine. And it's like, dude, this guy's like. <laughs> He used to be his team's, like, number one player when he was in Texas and stuff. Whatever, obviously, doing much better in the Dodgers. I don't think he is a starter starter, but the days he does play, he's making throws, making plays, hitting bombs, doubles. Also, he had a triple the other day. It's like, wow, all of a sudden, <laughs> an extra base hit machine. But good for him. Again, no hate. I hope he continues it because I like him. I like him as a player. I like him in Texas, not as much as a Yankee, but it happens. Benintendi, perfect replacement, in my opinion, because he's like almost a polar opposite of Joey Gallo. He's not going to hit the ball as far when he does get a hold of one, but he will hit the ball more. And I mean, just to stay in offense, I guess, 
did lose Giancarlo Stanton right after the All-Star break. They're always weird with him in terms of injuries, at least in terms of sharing with the public the real info. Because they'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, it's bothering him a little bit. Next day, 10-day IL. <laughs> and then it's like he's on there. It's like, hey, when's Stanton coming back? He's like, oh, yeah, he, he took some steps yesterday. We're like, okay. Another week goes by. Oh, yeah, he might start running soon. And it's just like all this stuff where the timeline always gets pushed back like crazy. It makes no sense. This dude is literally a ball of muscle. And maybe that's the problem, you know, like so much muscle. You're bound to get more injured. I don't know if that makes sense. You know, I'm no doctor. But again, that one hurt a lot because he's like judge's insurance. Like Yeah, protection. You're going to have to kind of pitch the judge because even though this guy doesn't hit for average, any ball this guy's hitting is like 115 off the bat. And that kind of went away. Somehow, for a little bit, Judge kept it going. But let's just say right now, the whole Yankees lineup is slumping. We don't want to get specific with everyone. Literally, everyone is slumping. Which brings me back mentally to last year, where the same thing would happen. And it would always just make me so confused. Because it's normal in baseball for even the best players like Judge to go on slumps. But what's not normal is for your whole team to be slumping at the same time. And it feels like something bigger than just that. On top of also the fact that this is not just like a 10-game slump. This is like two months of bad baseball, of no life in the team. And you'll get some little moments here and there. Like last week, Donaldson hit a walk-off grand slam. And he's saying to labor in the dugout like, oh, we're back. And then the next day, they get smacked and lose by, like, 10 runs. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, you weren't actually back. So many of these moments where you're like, oh, is this it? Like, yeah, like, just got to win tomorrow. And we're officially <laughs> back. And then they never secure it. They never win that next game. And it sucks. Especially that perfect moment of Donaldson with the Grand Slam. But didn't happen. But for a while after the injury with Stanton, we had possibly like the comeback player of the year i don't know if he's getting it anymore matt carpenter yeah who was absolutely on a tear bro. like putting better numbers than judge up which is not hyperbole like this is real like he literally was putting up insane numbers yeah it was like players with at least 100 at bats or whatever it was he had the highest ops highest average, like all this stuff most home runs like yeah, yeah. insane injured might come back but we need him now yeah, like our offense just got totally zapped of like key bats. Yeah, it was like a snowball effect of everything going down. Anthony Rizzo going down. Josh Donaldson has never really found a plate. We just talked about his grand slam, but... You'll think maybe he's turning around and it's like, no, that was just a blip and that's it. Yeah, you could say the same thing with Glaber. He's been playing a little better than Donaldson. I guess it's not fair to compare both of them, but he goes through waves. Like, had a week or two where he was, you know, slapping him over the porch, or just getting on base and then... But they're throwing, like, fastballs down the middle to him, and he's not hitting them. He's either watching them or fouling them off, and it's, like, frustrating because you've seen him swing at these. You've seen him fucking murder these, even if they're not home runs, just, like, a double or single, like, hard hit, just whiffing. And it's, like, frustrating. Even Michael K, like, you're listening to the games, and they're all frustrated. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this isn't normal. The curse of Joey Gallo is real. (laughs) And some players are due to come back, are due to break out of their slumps and we've even done some in-house moves you know bringing up some players recently from the farm system you know bringing up trying to spark something bringing up Oswaldo Cabrera 
utility player, a good old DJ LeMahieu, young DJ, could play anywhere, threw him in right field, third base, shortstop, literally within like his first three or four games, played like a different position. Yeah, and had highlights at all of them. Literally looked comfortable, like he could start in any of them, which is so comforting. Again, if you're a Yankee fan and you're used to watching IKF, Hicks, Joey Gallo, who looked like a baby deer on left field and all that stuff, he looks the opposite of that. Fully confident, making plays, like true highlights, web gems. His bat's still not fully awake. He did get like his first hit and all that stuff, but do better in the bat. But they also brought up Esteban Florial, who we've seen before. He's come up once or twice before. Yeah, Florial's not, I don't know, he's not a real call up to me. Like he's been in and out. I don't really take that seriously. Yeah, more, I guess you could call him like a defensive specialist. He's really fast. He's going to get to the ball. His bat has always been the problem and probably the reason why he's never really stayed up in the majors. But And with prospects, you mentioned Oswaldo, who's had great energy too. But there's, in addition, Oswald, no-o at the end, Peraza, who's been the main prospect that Yankees fans have been going crazy to be caught up all year. He's been doing amazing in AAA. He could arguably take over a shortstop from IKF. I mean, Cabrera is only more proof on top of like what you see in other teams, like with the Braves calling up Michael Harris II and Spencer Strider, who are now leading NL Rookie of the Year votes. And more recently, Von Grissom as well, who has been killing it. And meanwhile, the Yankees are just like, yeah, We'll just keep him down there. We're not in an urgent situation or anything. It's not like Peraza could help the team and provide a spark like Cabrera has. No big deal. And meanwhile, they just keep believing in IKF for some strange reason that is like another weird mystery to me. It's so frustrating as a fan just because they're being hard-headed and like, trying to stick and like show us like nah look this is gonna work (laughs) this is just a phase or super frustrating again and you see other teams doing it and it works and it's also like why not crazy stat i find it funny just since we're on the topic oswaldo comes up literally his first hit is a harder ball hit than ikf has hit (laughs) the whole season like by five miles per hour which is fucking insane and ikf is literally just like a put a bat on the ball and hope it sneaks through the infield type of player and that's not gonna win you many games not that he has to hit bombs it's hit the ball hard we know like you hit the ball hard higher probability of a hit which is why even Staten hits the ball on the ground and it's most likely a hit it's gonna get through but thought it was interesting the Yankees still somehow start IKF especially in a year when you have or at least you had we'll see a real real shot to win the chip and you're just like, you know, let's uh, let's take it easy. Let's not try to improve the edges. We'll just try to make it work, see what happens. And it's like, why? Why are you being like this? You see what it does for other teams. You see how the Braves are rolling right now with all these young guys who are giving them energy and performance. And instead, you want to just watch IKF strike out or hit into a double play every day and not be able to trust him on a basic grounder, which is another thing, even in comparison to Oswaldo, he made a play that's like a Derek Jeter-esque running throw. IKF has not 
done a play like that all year. He's had some okay plays here and there, but for Cabrera to come up right away and do that, you see on both sides just how much better the team could be with making these swaps. And it's like, guys, come on. Yeah, there needs to be a couple changes, to say the least, made if we actually even want to go far in the playoffs. It's not even making the World Series. It's even just not losing the first series we play if we make it to the playoffs because even that's becoming some sort of a question lately. Don't even know. I'm starting to feel bad for Booney, manager, Aaron Boone, if you know him or not, but it's kind of in a tough spot. It's a team, again, that like should be winning some games. Even the bad teams win some games, and the Yankees were looking like they weren't going to win a game again. And he's starting to show some frustration, like slapping the table on the press conference. Right, yeah. The whole team is starting to show some frustration, some feelings, some emotions we don't usually see, or I don't even know if we've seen before. Yeah, everyone's starting to feel it, and everyone's kind of tense, and hope this was the worst part, but... We're recording this Monday night before this episode releases, so on August 22nd, and like they could have had Severino back earlier but they decided to put him on the 60-day IL which he was not happy about he thought he could be back sooner now he's not back till mid-September and the rotation has not been looking great either Tyone has just completely fallen off for the most part Nestor's still good but he still has the innings concern Cole is not always the most reliable ace like you said Montas has struggled Herman hasn't been great Clark Schmidt, they've mostly kept in AAA. They just caught him up for Efros, but... And even the bullpen, like you said, with all the injuries, Chapman is always inconsistent at this point. Abreu has not been looking great, but they keep refusing to get rid of him for some reason, although he just went to the I.O. now, too. And they finally called up Marinaccio, who has been one of the brighter spots. Wandy Peralta's like a psychopath in a great way, but <laughs> he's like mostly reliable, but not totally... Litke is he's fine Loisaga hasn't been the same this year although he's been looking better lately Britain could be coming back writings could be coming back but I don't know there's so many question marks overall and like very few bright spots like Trevino at catcher no one would have expected him to make the all-star game this year so players like him are having better than expected seasons and stuff like that and we do still have the judge home run chase intact mainly for Yankees fans that's for 61 but maybe that's a conversation we'll have later depending what happens but it's hard to even be as invested in that when the team is doing so bad overall and I don't know I know Yankees fans are spoiled in general and I've heard like other people who aren't Yankees fans being like oh, they need to stop complaining. They're still up by X amount of games in the division, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, bro, you aren't watching this team and how bad they are. It's not just that they didn't keep up the same pace from the beginning. It's that they went to completely dead flat and it's not fun to watch. It's not fun to go through and yeah, who knows where it ends. Like they could choke away the whole division lead at this point. Yeah, no, the problem is that it's not that we're losing a game or two or however many games. Is that our team went from looking like one of the best teams of all time to looking like the 
2022 Pirates or <laughs> Oakland Athletics, you know, like the teams with the worst records. That's literally what the change looked like. So us watching it, it looks way worse to us than, you know, the paper shows. If anything, it even gets in the way of like the exciting things. Like you mentioned Judge, one, the MVP race, and two, like the home run chase gets in the way. Like one, we're not hitting and he has no reinforcements behind him that will make pitchers even want to pitch to him. They don't have to. If you know the guy behind them isn't going to hit either, you're going to throw pitches that he's not going to be able to hit at for home runs or extra base hits. Every little thing affects the other thing, even players in particular like that, just to have as an example. It's not enjoyable. And I'm kind of done about the Yankees. You kind of heard our frustrations and our complaints. And there's a lot of other stuff going on around the league. Some of it's kind of bad. Tatis out for the season. PEDs got caught. It sucks too because I feel like a lot of people were just making jokes after and still are and he's going to get clowned for this forever. But he was like someone who we were invested in and excited about. And speaking for both of us was one of the most exciting players in the league. Mm -hmm. For it to happen was just like, damn, that sucks. Yeah, And to me, like one of the better players to be the face of baseball fun young exciting makes the plays hits bombs knows how to talk he's like exciting in every facet and goes and fucks up and there goes that but the soto trade was crazy though to just bring like a superstar like that to the padres and now they're not getting tatis back but that was the initial thing even without him though they're still for sure in the running to be a contender for the world series yeah, I mean, the Dodgers have gone on a crazy run, so they're not going to get first place. However, they should make it. Wild card, all that. They have a great chance. Would have been insane of a team. Like, scary if Tatis was back. But they could still hold their own. Just got to dial in their pitching. But some fun shit. Albert Pujols out here. Yo. Maybe the now, arguably, <laughs> comeback player of the year. Getting close to that, what is it, 700 home mm-hmm. run mark? I'm somehow more invested right now in Pujols getting to 700 than in Judge getting to 61. Same. Kind of more doable. I mean, Judge is more of a starter. Pujols doesn't get to start every day, but he gets enough at-bats. I mean, he's had multi-home run games recently, so could just take a few games and he's there. For real. I, I know I could be wrong, and I don't know the stat, but it feels like he hasn't done that even for the Angels in, like, years. Just have multi-home run games or, like... No, yeah, he's locked in right now. Yeah, and like, what was it, five or six home runs in like the span of five or six games? One or the other, it's kind of like flip. That's insane. That's like good numbers. Well, he's been hitting lefties like crazy this year, like one of the best hitters in the league against them. Yeah, insane. He's seen the ball like a fucking coconut on a tee. Like he's just <laughs> teeing them off. I saw the two home run game and it looked like better than half of the home runs he hit in the home run derby. Mm. It was kind of insane because this is live pitching. <laughs> But his swings look pure. He's looking good. He looks inspired. It's making the team fun. Everyone's like standing up in the dugout, like waiting for him to bat, even if he doesn't hit a home run. But everyone's like looking and that shit's super exciting. Happy for him. Happy he's out of the Angels. Hopefully some other people get out of the Angels (laughs) soon too. And yeah, hope he makes it happen. Even if he doesn't do it, which I don't, obviously I want him to. I hope he gets really close and finds himself like a little contract next year i mean he said that this is last year but 
We'll see if he gets to 700 or not. Because if he's at like 698, it's like, dude, just come back one more year. There's no way he doesn't come back. There's no way. You don't just retire with that. I literally would lose sleep for three and a half years if I was him. <laughs> but again, that's me. But yeah, that's really exciting. Other than that, I've really enjoyed watching the rookies this year. Specifically, especially the now I consider replacement of Tatis and Julio Rodriguez. Mm. Looks good out there. Another fun player, well-spoken, super fun, has all the mannerisms of a superstar and a possible face of baseball. And he's doing his thing. And possibly, is he like the front runner for rookie of the year in the AL? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, doing his thing. The two opposites, you know, the oldest freaking player in MLB and then the youngest players in MLB. I think Michael Harris might be officially the youngest player, but Julio's definitely one of the younger ones for sure. And the Mariners in general, they're looking good for the playoffs as well. Seems like they're going to end their drought finally after, what is it, like 21 years or something now. But they're a fun team to watch. Another young team, Astros are the Astros, so they're still leading that division. But Mariners will get in on the wild card, I'm sure. Not really too many challengers there. Otherwise, I mean, if anything, the Orioles are one of the biggest surprises and also fun young exciting teams even with their trade deadline moves like Felix Batista slid into the closer role he's been looking great they have some interesting momentum I think they're going to be similar to Seattle last year like this is their first kind of run then they'll get some experience but who knows and you're seeing these teams kind of get incrementally better each year and I could see the Mariners and the Orioles for years to come being threats Meanwhile, like the Blue Jays keep not living up to expectations. Red Sox, just another one of their bad, kind of embarrassing years, mostly. The AL Centros, just no one wants to really play well in there. I don't take them <laughs> seriously. And then in the NL, I mean, like you said, with the Dodgers and Padres in the NL West, that's pretty much taken care of. Cardinals got it now in the Central with Monty and Pujols going off and everyone... They've been doing great. Brewers traded away Hater. Who knows what will happen with them with the playoffs. And then in the NL East, that's kind of a battle with the Mets and the Braves. Philly's kind of in there more so for the wild card, but Braves and Mets should be an interesting showdown kind of to the end for the division. And I think for the playoffs in general, what's become more and more of a thing for me is teams that are battle-tested, like teams that have been there before, know the ropes of the playoffs, know the experience, etc. And someone like the Braves have that. The Mets like still have to prove it to me. So looking at them or looking at even at Oreos or Mariners, I feel like they still have things to learn. Whereas Astros, Yankees, aside from how they've been playing recently, Dodgers, you know, they all have the experience to make it through. I don't know, since we're not going to be doing another predictions episode before the playoffs, I think the Braves have the deepest lineup, like one through nine, and deepest roster in general, and great pitching, and good bullpen, and like I said, they've been there before. I feel like they have some of the most chemistry of any team, some of the most fun. They kind of rally together. The Dodgers feel very like buttoned up Hollywood, kind of characterless in a way to me. Astros, they're always going to be good, but I still feel like they can be beat. 
and the Yankees, obviously, we've kind of made our point here. Hopefully, they can turn around. But, yeah, I'd go with the Braves for now. To win it all? Yeah. The whole time you were talking, I was trying to decide on who I was going to go with. But I could probably agree that it's going to an NL team, even though I slandered them <laughs> earlier. It's just between the Dodgers and the Braves. <sighs> Both solid teams. Like, I literally can't hate on either. The Braves are just a freaking powerhouse, like, all around think they have it in them but no team is battle tested more than the Dodgers that is true just to use your point and that's why I think I'm gonna go with them by a hair mm-hmm. uh, I'm not mad though that. I'll even go ahead and say it like I kind of hope the Braves take it over <laughs> Dodger fans are annoying as shit right now I'm sorry I know y'all listening but I don't even hate them like I don't I don't care whichever wins it I'm cool with but I, I think the Dodgers have the slight edge seasoned been there literally almost every year since i don't even know yeah i mean you can't go against the dodgers starting lineup or defense either they're they're pretty solid and they lost bueller but they got Dustin may back now so their closers may be a bit of a weird situation but if they can figure that out they'll be in a good spot but yeah this episode was more of a yankee space with a little touch on everything else again we're still yankee fans we hope it turns around and this was only a bad little nightmare month and we see a little bit of a spark and we're back on track and if that's the case then yeah fuck the dodgers the yankees are taking it but that wraps it up for this episode of pros and cons i'm kev you can find me at same old kev pretty much everywhere and i'm jack you can find me at jacqueline summer summer with an o on everything pujols the new babe ruth